you are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. Today, I want to talk and share with you and preach, teach, share my heart on the power of Jesus' name, Acts chapter 3, and this is part of the series that we're doing, Jesus Builds His Church, Jesus Builds His Church. The theme is that Jesus builds His church by the power of His name, and Acts chapter 3 is the continuation of Acts chapter 2 where they, the early uh, disciples devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves, that's community. They devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to breaking of bread. And God did something in their heart. As a result of that, there was great unity among them Uh, God touched their hearts with liberality. They were blessing people. Those that didn't have, those that had were giving, and great favor was on them all, and the Lord was confirming this and adding to the church daily, and many signs and wonders were taking place in Jesus' name. Acts chapter 3 picks right up, and Dr. Luke, Luke the physician who wrote this, singles out a miracle that happened with a man who had been lame from birth, disabled from birth for for 40 years, and he was reduced to a status of the beggar. And all he could do when people would go into the temple to pray, to offer sacrifice, all he could do was to sit there propped up and to beg and hope that someone would give him something. He was excluded from the way of life. He was excluded from what God had for the people of God. No prayers, no fellowship, no nothing. He simply was reduced to begging. But God does something for his life through Jesus Christ. I was in a meeting and the, the uh, chaplain for the United States Senate was there. He traveled all over the world. And I'll never forget what he said, that wherever he went and had the opportunity to preach or teach or represent Jesus, that there, everyone around the world wanted to know more about Jesus. Jesus. Whether they had ever heard a salvation or a message or not, They wanted to know more about Jesus. There is something about the name of Jesus. I, uh, many of you know, I had a birthday the other day. Um, My favorite quote, comment uh, (laughs) on Facebook was that a friend of mine said, uh, turning 70, 
uh, is only 21 in Celsius, so that's what I'm claiming. <laughs> but we were, we were privileged to have, uh, we had a birthday party the other night. All of our four daughters, two sons-in-laws were there, and all of our grandkids from here to Missouri, they were all there. It was the best. That's the only gift I needed right then. Now, thank you very much for the Amazon gift cards. I'll make, I'll make use of those. But I was complete. But we, our littlest, our youngest granddaughter, Julia, we call her Juju. Um, she said, and she's three years old. She said, Papa, she said, would you read a story to me? And how am I, you're going to say no to that. And she picked out the book. She, she doesn't know what to read. One of them, that's way beyond your, you know. But the other was my first Bible had stories in there. And I read her, I read to her in the Old Testament, and she'd say, read another one. And then she said, would you read a story to me about Jesus? Now, church, we are born, our children are born with a heart that's tilted towards God. If you will cultivate that, the best thing that you can do is to cultivate that and model that. Be in the house of the Lord. Pray for them at night. Do family devotions. Model what that means to be a follower of Jesus so that you could, you could wear a bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? You could wear it says, this is what Jesus would do. And the psalmist said this, he said, tell of the works of God to the next generation so that they may put their own confidence in God. It's Jesus, Jesus. We have an open door that's there. Jesus said in Matthew 16, he said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Upon this rock, this confession, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We live in some times today where the enemy is about. He is, he is attacking on other front. I believe church with all my heart. I believe that the greatest days, the most shining moments for the church of Jesus Christ are ahead of us if we will fix our eyes on Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith. How many hear me this morning? Yes, this is the rock, Jesus Christ. He is the rock. The Bible says this, God's Word declares that all things that were created were created through him and by him and for him. He is the epicenter of all of God's relationships with humanity and all authority and power in heaven and earth are in him and they exist to carry out the purposes of God. Praise his name. And we cannot fail if we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. What Acts chapter 3 is about is the church at work and this demonstration of faith and power in his name. Jesus changes everything. 
verses 1 through 10. So, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. Just imagine that light. That's all you had. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. And there would be literally hundreds and thousands of people going through this gate. It's like a gate at the, at the Raven Stadium or, the, or Camden Yards to see the Orioles play. Uh, they just streaming past there. And he had done that his entire adult life, probably for the last 22 plus years. Everyone knew him, knew his condition. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. Can someone say amen? In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. Now listen to this. And with a leap, can someone say praise God, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Can someone say amen? Yes. He went from lame for life, to walking and leaping and praising God. He went from a limited horizon of his best efforts of what he could do to try to provide something for himself, carried there, carried away, week after week, day after day, for his entire adult life, he went, he was begging while everyone else could go in for prayers as they sacrificed to the Lord, the priest would, and the, by the thousands they would come to pray. At three o'clock, I'm sorry, in the morning, at nine, at noon, and at three o'clock. And this is the third shift coming in. And I, one of the important things to take from this is that the early church knew that prayer was essential for Jesus to build his church and for us to have a relationship of power with the Lord. They were Jewish believers, and so they continued on. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. Now, let me talk with you a little bit as a pastor, maybe as a Dutch uncle. Prayer is one of the most important things that the church can do. It recognizes our dependency on God. Can someone say amen? That we need God. That unless the Lord builds the house with his power, we will labor in vain that build his house. And Jesus will build his church in the days that we live. Praise his name. So Wednesday night prayer, when we gather together, this is not something that we just blow off and say, oh, that's, I really don't need that. You need Jesus, and you need to pray. If you can come and pray on Wednesday night, come and fill this place up because there's 
where there's prayer, there is power. Power in Jesus' name. And so they prayed for him in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And all the people saw him and were filled with wonder and amazement. Today, Jesus has the same power to heal, to forgive, to set free, to give us a new life. He has the same power to break off chains. He has the same power to remove scales from our eyes, to heal and to forgive and bring you into the future that God has where right now, without the Lord, we are, we're simply limited by what we can see and what we can do. I was a young student at Southeastern University, Lakeland, Florida. God had called me to the ministry. I had, I had two years in a forest science program at Penn State. God called me to the ministry. I had a career change at age 20. I mean, no, that's a good, good time to have a career change. And I absolutely loved what I was doing, got good grades, but God spoke to me. Jesus called me to the ministry. So I went to Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. And remember, I was born in Maine. I'm from New England. Uh, my home, what I call home, is northeastern Pennsylvania, near Scranton, yes, where they, where they filmed The Office. How many are familiar with, with that program? And there really are people like that there, okay? Uh, but they're here, too, so. <laughs> and uh, the Lord uh, Jesus got a hold of me, and I said yes, and I decided I was going to go to a place I'd never been before, and I'd known some uh, mighty women of God in our church that were original on the founding staff of, of Southeastern University in New Brockton, Alabama, and they were powerful, and so I went there. My first semester, after about 15 weeks, I lost 25 pounds. Um, I had the smallest waist um, that I'd ever had in my adult life. Uh, I still have that belt somewhere. I hardly know if it would go around a thigh today, but anyway, it was... I'd heard Southern accents on TV shows, but how many know living in the Deep South 24-7, and then I showed up for breakfast, and they had a thing called grits. What in the world's a grit? Sounded to me like something that my grandfather's chickens ate, right, to <laughs> digest their food, grits. And then, then they had, uh, one of my friends brought some boiled peanuts. Boy, anyone ever eat boiled peanuts? I'm telling you, if you've never eaten them before, it's a shock to your system. And they sell them along the road, and they sell them in the gas stations, and they they put them in a hot pot and they just sit there for days, it seems, and just, and they're salty. And eat. after a while, I actually started liking them. But, but then okra, how many of you have ever eaten okra? That slimy, vegetables were bad enough for a 20-year-old, but how about that slimy stuff? But yeah, you know, how many know what I'm talking about? But now fried okra, I could get along with that okay. I, I, I was doing just fine. But the milk was different. It, I, know what, I know what milk's supposed to taste like. My father and my, and my 
my fa- grandfather and my, my uncles were dairy farmers, and I know what real milk tastes like. This is not real milk. It was like almond milk or oat milk. And did you know, by the way, this is something real spiritual, that people are trying to get a law going, that the outlaw almond milk, because they're saying, how can you milk an almond, you know? So anyway, that's just, that's a freebie. Everything was different, and I lost 15 pounds. Oh. I was in a, I was in a, I was in a rough patch. Everything seemed discombobulated. You ever been there? Yes. Nothing feels right. You can't get settled. Doesn't sound right. You're out of rhythm. And I, I went to a revival meeting one night. And I heard the man preach about Jesus Christ, how he turns the water into wine. I was a 20-year-old young man, out of sorts, out of place, starting to wonder, Lord, is this what it is to go into the ministry? Is this what it's really going to be like? And he gave the altar call, and he said that Jesus could take the ordinary that we give to him, and he could touch it, and he can transform it. And that sounded good to me, and I went forward. No one prayed for me because I'm I, I'm grateful for the prayers of God people, but how many know you don't have to break through to Jesus in heaven because we have an advocate with the Father that's there. And I went down, sort of lame, if you would, emotionally, and, and just, I, I didn't know. But when the Lord Jesus Christ touched what I offered to him, I just felt like plain, old, ordinary tap water that they just purified from the water purification plant. How many know what I'm talking about in the morning? Tastes like bleach. And I offered myself to the Lord, and God touched this young man in Jesus' name. And I arose from that place, walking, leaping, praising, shouting God. My lameness had been, had been replaced by faith and the confidence and the spirit of Jesus. I walked into that building lame in so many ways. I walked out of that building knowing that God had called me, that Jesus was the one who knows the way through every wilderness. You see, he's the captain of our salvation. He knows the way through the wilderness. And that same Jesus, friends, is here this morning. Praise his name. You are no respecter of persons. He loves you. He loves me. And we offer ourselves to the Lord for his transforming touch so we can be leaping and walking and praising God because Jesus changes everything. Praise God. What do you need God through Jesus to heal in your life this morning? Praise his name. The second thing I want to share with you is this. The authority of Jesus' name. Authority of Jesus' name. The name of Jesus occurs repeatedly in the book of Acts as Jesus was building his church. So Dr. Luke wrote this in verses 11 through 16. And while he was clinging to Peter and John, 
All the people ran together to them at the so-called Portico of Solomon, full of amazement. The Portico of Solomon was sort of like uh, stadium seating. And people could give a, a, a speech, a sermon, others could look on. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us? As if by our own power or piety, we had made him walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. The one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you disown the holy and the righteous one and ask for a murderer to be granted to you. But put to death the prince of life, the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. And on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him, Jesus, has given this man this perfect health in the presence of you all. The authority of the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The name Jesus means his birth, his ministry, his life, his suffering, his obedience, his miracles, his death, his resurrection, and his ultimate ascension to God the Father where he sits at the right hand of God our Heavenly Father. Christ means he is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. He is the exalted one that God has raised from the dead. And if this spirit that raised God, Christ from the dead, dwell in you, it will quicken your mortal bodies. And Nazareth is the name that Pilate had written on the sign attached to Jesus' cross. Jesus Christ the Nazarene. He nailed it to the cross an agent of the enemy thinking that now Jesus was dead, the purposes of to get rid of Jesus were accomplished, the Romans would kill him and crucified him, and that would be the end of the matter. Friends, I'm here to tell you this morning, it's not over till God says it's over. Amen. It is not over in your life till God says it's over. The one that he declared was now humiliated, and the spears were thrust in his side, and they said, that's it. He's dead. He cried, it's finished. Now take him down and get him out of here. What they didn't know that Paul wrote about in the book of Colossians, that when that was nailed to the cross and what Jesus did, he took your sins and my sins, and he nailed them to the cross. Can someone say amen? He took the debt that we owe that you cannot pay and I could not pay. And he paid it in full that day. And he transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Praise his name. Amen. And he said, it is by faith in that name 
that has strengthened and healed this person and faith that comes through that name. He, God has glorified him. Death could not hold him. He's the epicenter of all of God's plan of redemption and relationship with us. He's called the Holy One, the Righteous One, the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Life. There's power and faith and authority in the name of Jesus. Praise his name. Praise his name. Praise his name. Psalm 78, 4 through 7 said, tell of his works to the next generation so they would put their confidence in God. I, I, I don't know politically what this world holds. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I really want to know. Just Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. You've got enough trouble today. I have enough trouble just digesting daily. But Jesus said he would build his church. He's going to build his church. Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, will build his church. Praise God. I do believe in the days ahead that... <clears throat> Church, if you and I focus on Jesus Christ, of worshiping him, adoring him, having an intimate relationship with the Lord, letting him, giving our heart and soul to him, what will happen? We're going to find great strength and great joy in our life. I believe <clears throat> that, that the church will become brighter and brighter in the middle of a, of a world that seems to be getting darker and darker because Jesus is the servant of God to fulfill God's plan for this world. Praise his name. Jesus said that the church was to be a city on a hill, a city on a hill, drawing praise and glorifying God that we're the salt of this earth. It'll happen as we believe, trust in, and practice the name of Jesus, which is above every name. The third thing in this passage is that times of refreshing come from his presence. I'd like the band to come if they would. Times of refreshing come from his presence. Verse 17 now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did also. It's, 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 important, it's important, church, that we include that verse in our understanding. Sometimes people use the verse prior, the few verses prior to that to point fingers at the people, the religious people of that day, and said, look what you've, you've done. You killed the Holy One. You gave him up for a murderer. You, you did this, you did that. And that was all true. But what was also true is Peter said you acted in ignorance. When people 
when people don't do the right thing. I think God wants us to see beyond their actions and understand understand that often people do things out of ignorance. Out of their first reaction. That's why the Bible says get wisdom, but above all else get understanding. Times of refreshing. I, uh, I came home um, came home from vacation on, on uh, Friday Friday morning actually and uh, we always spend a week down there with uh, friends uh, friends now it's 55 years same friends I mean that's I mean that's pretty good we still like each other after 55 years and and then this week we have our our daughters and grandkids sons-in-laws things like that come and so um, I came home, and one of the first things I did, I had to go see my garden. And uh, I said, man, it's dry. It's dry. And so um, I picked some green beans, picked some zucchini, because I knew if I didn't get those suckers, when we got back, they were going to be like 25 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Just like... And the green beans, if you don't get them, my Lord, they'll be so long and hard after another week. So anyway, I did, did, I just took care of things, and I said, we really need, we need rain. Well, last night at our house, uh, in a little under 20 minutes, we had an inch and a quarter rainfall. And then it rained some more through the night. How many, did it rain where, where you live? And, and the other, uh, on, on that, that Friday, night, uh, my grandkids are running around and my one granddaughter said she said, I want to go inside where the air conditioning is. She's six from Missouri. And I said, Julia, or um, Maria, uh, you're used to heat. You're from Missouri. She said, well, it's hot there too and I still want to go in the air conditioning. So we went in the air conditioning. And and then but then last night, because it, it was up around 90 and it was very humid, if you remember. And yesterday, um, but last night, the rains came. I got up this morning. It had gone from 90 to 71. Refreshing. Peter spoke, and he said, Return. Repent. He didn't say, repent, you rotten, dirty, filthy sinner. You all know what you've done. He told them what they did, but he said, you acted out of ignorance. Friends, there's a lot of things that you and I can do. We just do out of ignorance. That doesn't excuse us. But what it does say for this passage, Peter was saying, God's not mad at you. You have not frustrated God. He has not closed the door on you. He has not closed the door on me. But he sent his son, Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, to die for you and for me. That if we will return to the Lord, times of refreshing will come. Can someone say, thank you, Jesus? Times of refreshing. Listen. Listen. 
If you're human, you've disappointed others, but you know the pain of disappointing yourself. Just cut you deep. You didn't know that you would ever do something like that. The enemy says, hide it. Don't let anyone know about it. Jesus says, return. Return to me. It's... uh, It's like you're on the road and you're going somewhere and you find out you take a wrong turn. What do you what do you do? You turn around. Turn around. We're, we're going, um, we're headed down to Lewis, Delaware, and I had my boat with me, so I decided to go up through Newark. I don't I, what I was thinking about I don't know maybe the church or something and I was supposed to go up through Rising Sun and I stayed on Route 1 by the time I came to my senses it took me 40 miles out of the way how many know you're engrossed I said hey Siri get me back to Newark I could have persisted and said, no, I'm going to do it my own way. Where's that going to take you? I'm just, I'm just asking, where's it going to take you? Where's it going to take me? If we made the wrong turn, we've done the wrong thing. Are we going to insist, carry on in our pride? Are we going to insist to hurt the body of Jesus Christ? to harm ourselves spiritually? What's our reaction when we find that we're on the wrong way? I can tell you, I can tell you, if we turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, He has promised a refreshing in your life and to get back on course. I was reading this past week reading in the Psalms and I, I read in Psalm 66 verses 16 through 20 the psalmist said if I regard iniquity in my heart he will not heal me if I'm on the wrong path as a follower of Jesus Christ and I insist on that way it will strangle out the intimate relationship with Jesus that you and I need But then he went on and he said, I called upon the Lord. And then he said this. He said, and oh, let me tell you what God has done for my soul. Oh, 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 it humbled me. It crushed me. But more than that, I said, oh, God, thank you. Thank you for your great graciousness and your mercy that you're not willing that any should perish oh Lord God thank you Lord that I can say oh God I can testify look what God has done in my soul praise God refreshing a young man discombobulated out of sorts willing to bring it to the Lord and let Jesus Christ touch me he strengthened me and my legs 
<laughs> ever since that day. Praise his name. God has a time of refreshing for you. The day you perhaps, perhaps, you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Between you, this, this is a personal thing. You've come to that point. I can promise you refreshing. Perhaps as a follower of Jesus Christ, you've got out of sorts. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He's given you a pathway to return to the Lord. Get off that wrong path. Get back, and times of refreshing will come. David, David said after Bathsheba, you remember that? After that act that he did, that terrible act of adultery, and Nathan the prophet came to him and was a truth teller. And then we read Psalm 51, and David says, Oh Lord, Create in me a clean heart and a right spirit. Clean heart and a right spirit. I believe that Jesus is building his church and the church that says, Lord, yes to him. That we will have times of refreshing in the Lord. Praise his name. Every person that's here, every person this on live stream today. This promise is to you and to your children and to those who are afar off. One of my favorite songs was, May those who come behind us find us faithful. May those who come behind us find us faithful. I want to be faithful to the Lord. How about you? Yes. I want to encourage little Juju. I want to encourage Julia, Chase, Isaiah, Josiah, Selah, and John. I want to encourage them with my life. I want a right heart and a clean spirit before the Lord. I want to live under the showers of blessing. Praise his name. Praise God. Praise the Lord. What do you need God to do for your soul? Today, today is your day. Just bow our heads. If you want God to do something for your soul today, would you lift your hand wherever you are? Just lift it up quickly. Yes, I see that. Yes, yes, yes. Just keep your hands raised up for a moment. Say, that's me. Yes. I want God to do something for my soul today. Praise God. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we love you. We thank you that you change everything. We thank you for the authority of your name because you are the exalted one. You are God's servant to fulfill his purposes in all the earth. We thank you, Lord, that you have promised showers of blessing in our lives. 
Lord, I pray for every individual that's here today hearing the word and those on live stream. God, we thank you that you've made a way to you. I ask for showers of blessing. I ask for a great work of God in souls today. In Jesus' strong name, I pray these things. Amen. Praise God.